This is the 20th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, Pro, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. We got a really good show for today. We got one of my favorite guests on, Jody White from MLF. He is also, uh, I'd put him in the top five most informed individuals in the seven continents when it comes to what is going on uh, in the tournament world, getting to know the anglers. And I actually kind of came up with the topic during uh, Monday's show. I, I had him on and we were originally going to talk. There's a lot going on in the uh, world of MLF, both on the uh, BPT, the Invitationals, uh, BPT day two of the opening round on Santee Cooper. A little tough yesterday, but a lot of big fish came in. And then this morning, as of uh, this live recording, it looks like Casey Ashley went out and caught himself. Well, I think he has a seven, but a five pound average. So there are some fish biting at Santee. Uh, I think three or four more days of competition there. The Toyota on Sam Rayburn also kicked off. I believe it kicks off this morning. Shake your head. Did they kick off this morning, Jody? Yep, that kicked off this morning. A lot of anglers there. I know Dakota Ebears over there. Uh, my buddy Daryl Gleason jumped into that one. And then the Elite Series is just down the road. Today is their media day, their off day. They actually pr started practice on Sunday. Uh, and that tournament kicks off in the morning to get things started in 2024. The Ben Milliken era is underway, and I think it's it's fitting and ironic that they start on a wheelhouse fishery for him uh, where he blew the open away to kind of introduce himself to the world and make the Bassmaster Classic and last year's open. But uh, we're getting to see all the guys' rigs. We're getting to see the average, the... the, uh, the TPV, which is a new metric system. We'll bring Jody White in because he hasn't he hasn't heard of this one yet. Uh Jody, what's up? Hey, how's it going, man? Pleasure Good. to be uh, on BTL as always. So TVP stands for transducers per vessel. I love it. I love it. It's I, uh I, it's I high think we now need a new TVP. Yeah. So uh but so my idea was there's all these kids. They're they're kids. I could call them kids. I say that in a uh in a respectful way that are dominating on the scene. And I've done a lot of thinking since I had Drew Gill on prior to the uh invitational. That was on Rayburn, wasn't it? Yep. Prior to the invitational that he won on Rayburn, and the kid's 21. He just came off a top three finish or top five finish in his first BPT event. And I had him on and I had kind of heard of Drew Gill. I knew he room with Matt Stefan. Matt called me. He's like, dude, like this kid's like a savant. Uh, I've talked to I talked to another angler uh, with Drew Gill, who is like he's like, I have to be very careful the way I say this. And this guy has fished a lot of classics. He's been around a long time. And he said, the last time I had a conversation with someone that left me like that, he said, was with Aaron. And he said he's not comparing him to Aaron in any way, shape or form. But he said the way that that mind worked and the way that he understood what was going on, he's like, it had been 
10 years since he'd had a conversation or heard a conversation like that. And it really impressed him. So I thought there's all these kids both on bass, but there's a ton over on the invitationals on the BPT and on the Toyota series that are fairly dominant right now. Is that a fair assessment, Jody? Uh, yeah. Can we talk about Drew just a little bit more real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I filmed, well, Rob and I, Matsura and I filmed day five with him uh, the day after Rayburn. Um, then he went to Gunnersville on no practice and made the cut. Um, but anyway, at Rayburn, I get in the boat with him for the first time. And I usually like, I, I love filming day five because I get to fish with a guy and like see what happened. And sometimes it's obvious and not really surprising. And I'm like, all right, this is about what should happen. And sometimes I get in a boat with a guy. I'm like, wow, he really is an amazing caster. I'm never going to do this. And I have historically in the last couple of years, I haven't really gotten a guy in the boat with a guy who's scoping and thought to myself, holy smokes, this is unreal. And I got in the boat with Drew and I wanted to like sell my rods after it. He really? is, he's so good. And it shows up in person when you both see the fish at the same time, except he sees the fish a second before you and makes the cast two seconds before you. And his cast is 10 feet closer or, two, you know, three feet closer than yours is like, it's a thing of beauty. He's incredible at interpreting it. Like the Drew Gill show is far from over. Um, and obviously like the thing he's best at is live scope, but it's not like, the only thing that's going to make him successful, how he thinks about fishing, how he works, like all that's going to play into it too. But it was, I was super impressed fishing with him and I knew I would be, but even I wasn't like really prepared for how much I'd be rocked back on my feet just by how good he is at it. It was, it's nuts. And it sounds like what impressed you the most was the speed with which he was able to uh, internalize what he was seeing on the screen and then react to it. Yeah, like how it, how fast he can interpret it was really what impressed me because he would go from, you know, you'd see the fish on the screen and he'd instantly be like, oh, it's swimming this way. It's swimming that way. See its head. And, you know, we're doing this in pretty shallow water. He sets his th stuff at like 70 feet out. Like it's a little bit different than what a lot of people do than what I do up north for sure. Um but it was just, uh, it was really impressive how fast he processed everything and like how much he was able to pull from the screen. Like there's, I've fished with people who are like first time live scopers and they're like, I think that's a fish. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's a fish. And <laughs> Drew would be like, yeah, man, that's a fish. And it has whiskers and it's missing one of its toes. And also it's going to bite right now. You know, like it was, it's really impressive just how much he can pull from that. And he's doing this based on what he told me with one LVS 34 forward facing transducer on his trolling motor. And that's it. Yeah. He's got, he actually has like a spare rig in the boat, like in case it goes down. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got a nine inch, which he keeps the cover on in case stuff goes down. But yeah, he is doing it just one LVS 34, nothing else which, you know, theoretically is a pretty cep way to get into it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you've got a boat, if you have enough money for a boat, you could just be like, well, I'm not going to get power poles and I'm going to get the scope and 
all of a sudden you're literally at Drew Gill's level right there. Um, as far as what not, he's got, not as at far his as what he's got, level. right? Not as far as how you're going to catch him, but yeah, he's doing it sort of bare bones and able to pull a ton from that uh, from that screen. So here's it's just amazing. Here's the issue that I've run run into doing a show called Bass Talk Live that covers what's going on in the professional bass fishing industry that covers uh, tactics, lures, everything, and tries to kind of give a snapshot of what's going on across the bass fishing landscape is uh, we end up talking a lot over the last year about the changing landscape of fishing specifically with the technology specifically with the forward facing sonar and specifically with the baits that are being used now i struggle with oh here we go talking about technology and these new lures again and so that's on one shoulder going let's let's stick with traditional old school stuff and we'll sprinkle it in if we have to but then on the other shoulder is hey this is predominantly how everything is being won. This is who it's being won by. This is what it's being won on. So we're not harping on one technique or one thing, or we're not making it controversial, but this is professional bass fishing right now in 2024. And there are outliers just like four or five years ago, there were outliers of guys who were offshore using forward facing sonar. Now you have outliers like like the guy who won the open this past week on history on Washita throwing a trap and power fishing. But this is the new top level of professional bass fishing and there's more coming and it's not going to change and it's just going to get more and more refined. So that's what we're going to talk about. Do you see kind of my dilemma there, Jody? Yeah, no, it's, it's tough because like, even when we have these windows into a tournament where you're like, okay, we're going to throw the screens away. Somebody's going to catch them on a frog. It's that doesn't happen. Right. Like you, or it might happen for like two guys. And then there's still a ton of guys scoping and it's tough because you want to talk about it all. And like in your personal fishing, you can do it all right. Like I live up North, but if I want to go not live scope, I can just do it. You know, I can put the boat in on any number of lakes and, you know, throw a swim bait on some steep breaks a little bit and then go frog in the afternoon. Or, you know, I can be like, yeah, I'm going to go bed fish today or whatever I want. Right. Mm -hmm. But the tournaments that's, and which that's what we've got to talk about. That's not how it's shaken out. It's very rarely is live scope, not a big factor. All right. It's, uh, it's tough. I'm, I feel for you. Okay, we got to dive right into this. So I have a uh, a Word document, and I got to say, this this put a big smile on my face when I downloaded it at 6 a.m. this morning. And it starts with, uh, it starts youngest to oldest, oldest on this yep. list being 27 years old. It spans uh, the BPT, the Invitationals, and the Toyota series. And it goes through the young guns on who to watch based on what they've accomplished so far uh, in their careers. And there's some very familiar names on here. And there's a lot of names that I've never heard of. And then there's a lot of names that have familiar last names that guys might 
not be familiar with, but I want to start at the opposite end of the spectrum. In your opinion, across all of fishing, who is the best guy over 50 going right now? Who is the most dangerous angler over 50 in all of professional fishing? Uh, hmm. So I'm probably about to say something really mean to somebody who's not 50 yet. Okay, like, let's say let's say you know 40. I mean? Let's but say like 45. How, so let's say 45. How old is, how old is Edwin? Yeah, mid 40s. Let's go see, let's go 40 or above. That way you're co- totally safe, Jody. Yeah, see, I feel like cuz I know like Wheeler is like a year older than me. It's terrifying, right. right? But like so I guess on that front, I think that there's a lot to be said for Evers. I don't know how old Ott is. I think he's our probably, age. He's not 40. He's not. No, he's he just he's started. Already, well, no, he just started living like a forty-year-old when he was twenty-two. Okay. Well, more power to him. Um, Ron Nelson. I, I feel like it's probably. I feel like Evers is maybe my guy there. Okay. How old's Christy? Christie's isn't Christy like he's in his mid forties. Yeah, Christy too Christy's would probably pretty be nasty. All right, um, now let's go. To the other end and let's pull this All list right. up because we got i mean who knows how long this is going to take because i want to go through each of these guys because every once in a while you find a diamond in the rough and you're able to follow them from one of their first big tournaments and then i think it's cool to see the evolution of a career uh and you yeah. know way more about all these guys than i do so we'll start with the youngest and this is crazy there's like four guys on this list that are 18 like how old do you have to be to join a club 16 uh i think we'll we let you fish our tournaments with parents permission at 16 16 Uh, so like were you comfortable at 18 like running across rayburn (laughs) toledo bend santee cooper thousand islands like i mean i was I was still co-angler at 18 like just happy that i backed the dude's boat in without freaking totaling it to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I, I did some pretty dumb things in an aluminum boat with a tiller on Champlain when I was in my teens, um, you know, in hindsight. Uh, but yeah, I, the idea that I was ready to go fish at a national level and do anything but finish 150th in every tournament and barely survive uh, when I was in my teens, like, it's crazy. You know, when I was in college, I was still really bad at fishing compared to how good I am at fishing now. Like it was, you know, my skill level was night and day compared to the skill level of a lot of these guys uh, at that age. And I I think that, you know, probably for a lot of people, that's the same, you know, I'm sure Van Dam was just way, 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 way better than the normal person when he was 18 too. But it seems like there's a lot of guys who are literally 18, 19, 20, 21, uh, who are just like stupidly good. I would uh, love which to figure scene. out who uh, Van Dam drew in a couple of his first invitationals because it was still boater on boater draw. And I would love to know if they're still around who he drew and was like, get in the back, kid. Like when he was 18 <laughs> or, you know, because I'm sure at that oh, time, wait, if, they he, done it. if he drew a veteran, there's no way a veteran, especially in the early 90s, is going to be like, yeah, let's, let's let the kid with the pointy hat and the vest take control of this derby. Like, Van Dam's getting in the back of those boats until he's proven something, don't you think? 
I mean, I guess I he don't would have know to how be. that he would vibe have, was back then. He would have had to. You would have, think. Yeah. I, I yeah. need to do some digging on that. You know who, uh, I bet, uh, I bet either our, uh, fearless leader, Ken Duke can take his yeah. smoking jacket off or roll the sleeves up and do a little research there. Or, uh, Pete Robbins might also know, might also know some of that, but let's get into it. Uh, right now, let's start with the 18 year olds and let's yeah, learn so, about some dudes. All right. So I, uh, the this like initial list that we're looking at is just invitationals guys um and i only listed guys who are signed up for all of them okay. uh overall on the invitationals this year there are 32 guys who are 25 or younger signed up for at least one event and like one of oh those is gosh. one of those is emil wagner right like he's fishing uh ufala and you know so there's like and one of them is Tucker Smith, who I think is fishing uh, also Ufala, maybe. But so there's like a few like random dudes, okay. right? Not random, but notable guys fishing just one. But as far as fishing all of them, this is like sort of the basis. Um, you've got Alex Bradley, who is 18. He just finished 37th at Rayburn. Um, he's from South Carolina. He has like very little experience and just on the boater side and just went and, you know, did really good at Rayburn. And then uh, you've got Colby Dark, who's 18. Mm -hmm. He and a buddy uh, had like 10 for 86 pounds at, uh, which is five for 40 plus at Caney. <laughs> wow. Um, like, he finished 16th in the college natty at Toho. Uh, his stage presence is like hilarious. You, I'm not sure if this guy is like making fun of himself or this is just the way he is, but he's like really fun to watch. He's just like very Louisiana back, like, kid, very Louisiana. Yeah. Um, and 18. Uh, and then, and he did good at Rayburn. He finished 59th. He was out there scoping the day after because uh, I saw him on day five with Drew. And it's like, all right, he's back at it. Um, and oh, then, he was out there just practicing immediately. Yeah, after like he was the tournament. back out there fishing right after the tournament. Oh, is this, um, is this, is, he looks like a wild man. Yeah, yeah. Like long hair. Yeah. Is that him with the, with the glide yep. right there? That's the that's the one and only. Yeah, that's at Toho from uh, with a hat the, on that uh, says "Dirty Money" or "Dirty Hands, Clean Money." Yeah, it, it's incredible. He's he's like I really want him to fish on live this year because I feel like it would be just a phenomenal experience for everyone. Okay, I could get behind that. That's a great one to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, then another eighteen-year-old Aspen Martin. That's uh, a heck of that's a heck of a name. It's a good name, right? I'm pretty sure not related to any other Martins that like are in and around bass fishing. Um, I feel like I'd know that if they, if it was, uh, but he's from like South Carolina um, or sorry, it's from Georgia. He did he finished seventh in the South Carolina division on the BFLs. Did I lose you there? Kid, he's probably good at scope. I think I'm here. Yeah, you're back. Okay. He's a, he's a kid. He's probably good at scope. And we're going to West Point next, which 
you know, it's, you know, it's a spotted bass lake, right? It's a largemouth lake. It's probably got some bluebacks and stuff in it. Like it's got some red clay. He might do all right. Um, so uh, I'll be curious to watch him. And then our, probably our most interesting 18 year old is Mitchell Robinson, who is related to Marshy, uh, related Marshy. to Marshall. Marshy though, I like, <laughs> there's way too many M's. I have told this to multiple Robinsons. They're, they can't be naming everyone M, but Mitchell is related to Marshall, is related to Marty, obviously. Uh, he won the uh, Bassmaster High School event. Wait, Mitchell's the youngest one? I, I mean, unless there's another younger one. No. Wait, is Marshall? There's Marshall and Mitchell. Yeah, wait a minute here. Yeah, Mitchell is definitely the younger one. Marshall is the older one. Who's and 20. They're, and they're both fishing. Well, Marshall's is on the Marshall's BPT. on the BPT. He qualified last year. Holy cow, that happened quick. I don't know how I haven't noticed this. So I knew that they were kicking butt, but I thought like I mean they were kicking butt in high school. So now they're on the BPT at the invitationals at 18 and 20. Yeah. So last year at 19. I knew Marshall uh, was on the BPT, but I just I saw that. So Mitchell, okay. Okay. Continue. Yeah, so Mitchell is trying to do this again now, and he's off to a great start. I think he was in the top five on day one at Rayburn. He finished 28th, uh, and, like, if you look at his stats, he has, like, he doesn't really have stats that scream, this guy is going to be the next guy, because all he's done is just beat people in high school, basically. Yeah. At the same time, we're at a point where, like, you know, you don't need stats to be awesome. Like you can just roll out there and if you've got it, you've got it. You know what I mean? So I think that, uh, I think Mitchell is of that group is like maybe the guy to watch. Uh, cause gosh, he seems good, dude. Well, how do you not say Marshall isn't the guy to watch? Cause he's 20 and he's on the BPT. Well, he's the guy to watch too, but he's already on the BPT. Like I'm, I'm, I'm watching him for sure. <laughs> Dude, he, he might have already made it. Who knows? There you go. There's the Robinson right there. Yeah. And that is Mitchell. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's Mitchell. Yeah. That's Mitchell right there. 18. Yeah. And with the pedigree. He might have been 17 then. That looks like from last year in a Toyota. So you got three Robinsons. Yes. We have Robinsons all over the place. And uh, it's I so this is a sort of side note. There's a lot of like pro anglers kids getting into the game now, and honestly, I didn't expect to like all of them. Like I thought there was there were going to be some guys who's going to be like, man, little entitled. They've had a maybe? bass boat since they were 16. They just feel like it should be given to them. They're I, I thought there were going to be guys who I just wasn't a fan of for some reason you know they were like little entitled or something that hasn't been the case at all like almost every one of these actually pretty much every one of these pro anglers kids you know uh lane 2.0 uh howl 2.0 whatever like every one of them i'm like man this kid's really cool he loves bass fishing and he's good at it like it's really been a joy to see this current generation of uh you know pros kids uh getting out there so uh, all right cool. now 
Now let's go to uh, the last in this group who cannot enjoy a frosty cold one after a big win, and that would be 20-year-old Jaden Parrish. Yeah, Jaden has been fishing a bunch the last couple of years. Like, he's kind of, he's doing the Dakota thing, right, where you fish Toyotas all over the place. He's fishing the Invitationals. Um, He did uh, pretty good last year. Uh, in like spots, right? He was a little inconsistent. Finished 13th at Rayburn, which he spent a lot of time on Rayburn and he's from around there. Uh, but honestly, he seems like he's pretty solid. Uh, it, I think a lot of these younger guys, like they need to add some consistency, mm-hmm. but he's pretty solid. He's also a guy who I've watched fish like pretty old school a lot. Like he did pretty good at Ufala. He was like fishing around in the dirt last year um it's not he's a he's a young guy who has uh broad it's not just a scoper right which most of these young guys they are actually not just scopers like if we go back to marshall robinson he almost beat john cox in a sight fishing tournament last year you know that's Mm -hmm. not just a scoper thing to do right but uh he is he's got some potential he's definitely got the drive because he's fishing a ton and uh he's uh he seems like he's pretty solid he's fished the toyota series since 2020 on the boater side so if he's 20 he started right when he turned 16 yeah like he was hilarious you know there were guys who there are he was hilariously young uh you know jt Tompkins, right he's on the elite Mm -hmm. series now we're all familiar I think I was there for JT's first top 10, which was probably when he was 16 at the Potomac River in a Toyota. And I'm not saying Jaden is exactly that level, but some of these guys, even they're having a lot of success really young, but they also are starting younger than ever. You yeah, know, it's unbelievable. Which is 16. I mean, his first terrifying. event was January on Toledo Bend in 2020 as a boater like i could just imagine taking out just i mean just barely able to drive to the dang ramp and then they're like go get him and he goes out and he finishes 45th in that event yeah which is like really good yeah not too shabby all right uh oh you also had on here that he wears his hat kind of funny he does wear his hat kind of funny he kind of does like, you know, like the kicked up kind of thing. So yeah, like, like a little I bit feel of like it's ball. a thing that kids do. There's kind of like a little East Texas, a little bit of the rancher look in that hat, like kind of the tall Richardson 112. It's a it's a new yeah. thing. I can't I don't think I can get behind. I think that time has passed me by just like the rope hats have passed me by. Yeah, I, I think that there's look, I know what I'm going to do with a hat and it's not that, but it's working for him. <laughs> catching plenty of fish, you know? Yeah. All right, uh, let's get into the 21-year-olds. This is a crazy group of 21-year-olds, and it's hard to believe that we're already almost on the second page and we're just getting into the 21-year-olds. The 21-year-olds, you have Chandler Brewer, Flint Davis, Drew Gill, and Cal Lane. Pick that group apart uh, and introduce us to a couple of those guys. There's some familiar names in that group. Yeah, so Chandler is pretty new. I honestly, I'm going to need to know more about Chandler. I I hope he catches them. I hope I learn a lot more about him this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Flynn uh, did pretty good in 2023, finished 23rd in points. Uh, He 
runs a guide service on the Flint River. Um, and his name is Flint? Bass. I know, it's beautiful. Uh, he's he's a super nice guy. He roomed with uh, uh, Bakewell and Bobby Bakewell, Brian Latimer, and Christian Greco last year, which, okay. like, that's a pretty fun group. So I'm pretty pro uh, Flint just from that. And uh, he's, dude, he seems really good. And he seems like a guy who's kind of got some old school and some new school in him. He's not, you know, like, you know, we'll, we talk a lot about the, the scopers, but, you know, like our next guy, Cal Lane, also 21, just coming off the top 10. And like Cal's best finishes have been in the dirt. You know, he did awesome at Clark's Hill last year and he was catching them on, I think like a buzz bait and a plopper, if I remember correctly, like, up around bushes, you know, so not every one of these kids is a, uh, like just a live scope guy. Um, there's Flint. Yeah. He's a, Flint is super. I, I'm a, I'm a fan. I want him to do awesome. Uh, didn't do awesome at Rayburn, but like, mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a lot more good tournaments. And like last year he learned a lot about how to fish up North, uh, going up North. I think it's always a challenge for, or a lot of times a challenge for guys who are from the South. Uh, I think it's also a big challenge for guys who are from the North to go South. Um, Cause you know, fishing for smallmouth is a little bit of a different ball game, but I think he's a guy who really could figure it out. And he's, he's cool. I, I'm a Flint fan for sure. So is, uh, is Cal Lane the power fishing hope for the next generation? Pro- probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if there's going to be, you know, uh, Bobby Lane's son. Um, is it Bobby or Chris's is, son? So Cal is, Cal Chris's, is son. Chris's son. Bobby Lane has a son, Bobby Jr. Yeah, Bobby Jr., I don't know what he likes to do. Um, but yeah, Cal is Chris's son, and he is a very good power fisherman. Like, he obviously learned a lot from his dad. Um in 2020, he finished sixth in the Southeastern Division of the Toyota Series. And, like, basically since then, he's been fishing at the top level or at the Invitationals, the Pro Circuit, that level. Um, and he's had some, like, hits and misses. It would not shock me at all to see him on the Bass Pro Tour, like, in two or three years or next year. Because he seems like, like, one, he's got the family, and then, two, he's got the uh, – like he's got a, a diverse range of skills, you know? So I remember a long time ago at an elite series on Oneida, Chris backs the truck in and Cal is like four and he hops in the boat and just trailers it like a grizzled veteran <laughs> completely Amazing. by himself. Like it was, it was like a circus trick to watch this kid who had to was like standing on the seat so he could see over just power load Chris's rig after the day of the tournament. And I remember I like looked over at Dave Rush and I was like, is that legal? Like, is that kid even allowed to be in a boat by himself? And Chris, I mean, dude, the kid has grown up in a bass boat around tournament fishing. I've gotten to know him a little bit, does not lack for uh, confidence but also seems like an incredibly hard worker. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. All right. Next we have, 
obviously Drew Gill, who we already talked about. Yeah, like, do we need to talk about Drew Gill anymore? I don't think so. No, uh, we will do, <laughs> over no, the years. But do you not? I, I mentioned that I didn't really give you a chance to respond. Do you not see some flashes of similarity with Aaron Martins? Uh, so I didn't know Aaron really well at all. Uh, I wish that I did because I feel like I, I just feel like it would have been an incredible like blessing to know the guy. Um, it, it, yeah, and special. I also think that I'm so mad that I never got to see him use live scope because I feel yeah. like oh, that would be Aaron Martins with live scope like would have he would blow our minds. I bet. Um, yeah. But that that said, I. I can see that, and I think that, like, I talk with Drew, honestly, a fair amount, and basically every conversation I have with him, he says something where I'm like, oh, I never thought about that before, or I never thought about it that way before, and then I mull it over for, like, the next five days, and I'm like, wow, he's really a genius. So, I can see it. Uh, before we get into the 22-year-olds, we need to take our first break of the day. You good with that, Jody? I love it. Uh, we are... Uh going over the next generation uh, specifically on the MLF side uh, with Jody White. And we're doing that because you uh, work for MLF and there's a lot of good young talent that is being uh, that is growing up over at MLF. And I felt like as a guy who covers this professionally, I'm hearing all these names and don't know anything about them. And then inevitably when I do research, I'm like, Oh, well, you know, he was born <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> Yep. And he comes onto the seed. So that's what we're doing. We're getting all caught up. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying it. We have a whole couple other pages as we get into the grizzled veterans, the 22, 23, 24, and 25-year-olds. It's BTL on a Wednesday with Jody White. We will be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler design function and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. best patterns backed by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. 
Try the deep dive app today. Look at that beast right there. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. All right, we are back talking with Jody White on a very busy Wednesday in the world of professional bass fishing. The Elite Series guys up in Adam headed to Media Day over in either East Texas or West Louisiana. I'm not sure exactly which state they're taking out of over there. It is uh, day two of the qualifying round for the BPT. Casey Ashley off to a fast start this morning. And then also day one of the Toyota Series. On Sam Rayburn with a lot of good weather headed their way, both for uh, for that on Rayburn and for the Elite Series on Toledo. A little cold, a little frosty there on uh, Santee Cooper. Looked a little bit muddy. Uh, I'm paying close attention to that, obviously, because all public information that comes out through that tournament, I'm headed there in a week and a half for the Open. So uh, paying close attention to that one. But Jody White and I are going through the young guns on the Invitationals. And we took a break. It took us 38 minutes to get through the uh, 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds. So now let's get on to the guys who clearly are washed up and should hang it up. Time has passed them by. That is 22-year-old Jacob Heath, Ethan Green, and uh, Laker Howell. Laker might yeah, be 23. To... There's no name next to Laker. I, He's I either know. 22 or 23. You know what? I oh. think we can survive with it. Let's just start with uh, Jacob Heath. Okay, I theoretically I just need to scroll a little bit more on a spreadsheet and I'll know it. But uh, leave that so part of Heath, uh, Heath is a guy who I loved doing this exercise because I got to remember a guy because he made the cut at Champlain a couple years ago, like fishing for smallmouth in the middle of a grass flat where they like shouldn't be and probably have never been since. It was wild. Uh, so. I guess it goes to show, like, you know, if you're young and you maybe don't know any better or, you know, maybe you can find something that nobody else really finds, like, you can go a long way. Um, he didn't do good at Rayburn. Uh, he probably is going to learn a lot this year, if I had to guess, because uh, he's a northern guy. He's from Massachusetts. Uh, he's fished up in the northeast. You know, he probably has a shot to do okay at Champlain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're... That's not like where fish normally are. <laughs> Is that like a um, parabolic bend on that spinning rod? Look at that. Look at the whip on dude, that. Thing. He was he was throwing a weightless Senko in like a fifteen foot deep grass flat. Interesting. And like crushed him the first two days of the tournament. Huh. So yeah, definitely huh. Um I think he this could be a bit of a learning year for him at the same time. Like he's had some good success. He could he could do well. He definitely could do well up north. Okay. Um, uh another twenty two year old then Ethan Green. Yeah, Ethan Green has had some really bright flashes. Um and he's he's one of those guys who you can just tell is super, super into it. I guess everyone, you know, at that if you're doing this at that age, you are super into it. But uh he's done pretty good in the central division which is a really tough toyota series division uh he's had some good tournaments in the southeast uh 
I think this could be a pretty good year for him. He finished 47th at Rayburn. He's got more on the way. Man Interesting. The and you also mentioned all that, like a lot of these young guys run together too. So they'll room together, they'll camp together, they'll stay together. So you got three guys that are 18 to 22 years old that are quite literally just out there living the dream, running the roads and fishing tournaments and having success enough to where it's viable for them. They're not, they're not just totally getting their heads caved in and going into massive financial debt. Like they are cashing checks, winning tournaments, making cuts, qualifying for higher divisions. Yeah. Like, uh, Drew Gill and Cole Breeden, who we'll get to in a little bit, like, I wouldn't be surprised if those two have spent more time talking to each other, whether on the phone or in person than like any two fishermen in, you know, put together in like the last three years, they, you know, there are a lot of guys who are young and are figuring it out together. And it wasn't just on college teams when they figured out it out. They also, you know, are figuring it out together on tour, which Mm -hmm. is a pretty deadly combination. You know, we've seen the Johnsons be deadly doing that like all around the country and a lot of these kids i they're not sharing money they're they're probably probably have a little bit different you know scenario than some of like these old some of the old school like quote team type things but i i think there are some kids who are really really good at breaking down lakes together and both coming out successful after it all right uh up next one of the one of the most uh, famous last names in all of fishing is a Howell. That would be Laker Howell. I think he's also fishing all nine of the Bass Open EQs this year, as well as the Invitationals. Uh, I'm not sure how that works because I have him down for six events on my spreadsheet. So either my spreadsheet's wrong, which it could be, but I know he was at at least one of them. I think. He's, so anyway, either way, we're talking about yeah. Laker. I'm fine with it. Whatever he fishes, he fishes, right? Yeah. He's um, also uh so I saw him at registration in the last that dude like could probably be like an NFL tight end. Oh, dude, he's <laughs> incredibly tall and probably jacked. It's yeah, like I don't I, I did not expect that when I first met him. And no. like, I mean like, Randy is athletic. Randy, I'm not Whoa. we're not saying Randy isn't athletic, Randy. Great basketball player, very agile, hell of a jump shot. But like Laker is built like like I said, like he could be a D one tight end. Yeah, and wears pretty short shorts too, which you know you should be an appreciator of, obviously. With the uh, yeah, well, you know, I picked Patrick Walters in fantasy fishing based on the weather. Uh, uh, I, I know. I watched your uh, I, I watched uh, your pick'em thing this morning. It um, is what's incredibly impressive about laker how is on the mlf side he already has 56 events under his belt as a boater and hasn't fished as a co-angler uh with mlf but 56 events at 22 23 years old i mean that's an impressive amount to be that young and have that much under your belt yeah dude laker has he's fished a ton he's taken some lumps like Laker is, you know, while, so we saw the Robinsons and I guess Marshall mostly, right? For now, anyway, just seemingly glide to the top, like easy. And Laker has had some ups and downs. Uh, That said, 
man, he, he sure feels like the kind of guy who two or three years from now, it's it, maybe it's this year, maybe it's next year, where it's going to break for him because he's got the pedigree and he's had enough really good tournaments where you can't look at the guy and say, ah, he shouldn't be out here. So I, I think it'll happen for him. It just needs to come together in a whole season. I would say um, he's fished a ton of Toyota series. And if you look at, I, I always like to look at how consistent guys are in tough Toyota series divisions over the course of time, whether you want to call it the Everstart, the Stren, the Toyota, like whatever it was like that draws out a lot of professional career anglers, a lot of locals and just a lot of quality anglers in that. So in my opinion, to be consistent in some of those divisions is highly impressive. Fair statement, Jody. Yeah, I, I think and, so. I think the one that's dangerous is the Western division. Um, but all of the other divisions, I think you can draw a lot from what happens in them. And you look at his Southern division Toyota series, the last three years, 49th, 15th and 14th in the points. Then you look at the central division, 78th, 7th and 13th in the points uh that's consistent check cashing top 20 percent of the field to have angler of the year finishes like that in both of those stack divisions yeah and the central division granted they always fish gunnersville so he's got one on the home yep. pond but it is it's their biggest division i mean even the last event of the season is going to have i would say over 200 boats and usually the first one has 260 so it's in that part of the country draws like some really, really good anglers. So it's, it's super impressive to do it there, especially. And it's a thing where I think given time, which I think he's got on his side, you know, it's not like he's, you know, that old now he's not 24. Uh, I think he'll be able to, uh, he'll, he'll put it together at the national level almost for sure. One of these years. Uh, all right. I know you've done a, uh, you know this next guy. I've done a podcast with him. I don't know anything about him. I believe he's will go down to the Sunshine State of Florida for 23-year-old Ben McCann, who has yeah. six top tens in 22 events. That's that's strong, dude. He has really really good stats. Um, he kind of stubbed his toe at Rayburn. He finished 83rd. Uh, but this last year, he you know basically living out of a van up north. Uh, <laughs> really, he. Uh, he finished um it's he's got an old triton with a suzuki it's like this old beat up white triton with a suzuki it runs like 70 miles an hour i'm not sure how this is possible and yes and uh he was fishing the northern division out of like this white creeper van it was incredible uh but anyway he almost won aoy he like legitimately tied with alec morrison who we'll talk about later for aoy um, lost the tiebreaker and he had never caught a smallmouth before. I think, uh, it was, it was incredible. Like it was really, really, really impressive to me that he did that well just throughout the Northern division coming from down South. I, I think he's a guy that well, one will put in the work and then two, he's got a lot of natural talent, obviously. And he's not, you know, a dead ahead scoper. Cause his, like one of his best tournaments was the Potomac, you know, he's mm -hmm. a guy that is going to be versatile. I think. That's a good one. I like that. And I didn't know anything yeah. about him. Uh, and yeah, then, and like, uh, you might, 
this year could be tough. Who knows? Like it's yeah. these guys are young. They're going to different places. But if he can stick with it, it's, boy, he seems like he's got the talent. Clay with a uh, very, he said, living in a van with a paid-off Triton doesn't sound too bad. I mean, really, it's a dream, right? <laughs> Kyle, Kyle would like to know if he parked that van down by the river. At the St. Lawrence, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I had Britt Myers Jr. on BTL, 23 years old, uh, off to a good start uh, in his rookie campaign on the invitation was obviously the son of Britt Myers. Uh, what I was really impressed was how, you know, he guides constantly. He's on the water and there does seem to be a, a theme. There's a lot of young Carolina anglers, North and South Carolina anglers. And we saw that originally, uh, not originally there's been, I mean, you say Davy height, uh, and that whole group of anglers that are out there, but there was a, and still is a dominant group of anglers, the Matt Aries, Brian thrifts, Casey Ashley, Andy more, uh, Andy Montgomery, Patrick Walters. Like you can, the list goes on and on. And then once you get out there and you start fishing it, whether it's the Hartwell or the Murray or some of the North Carolina lakes that MLF has showcased, it's a very diverse part of the country that builds incredibly talented anglers that can run and gun, can also sit, can also fish grass and can fish multiple species. You're also not that far from the North. And you're also not that far from Florida right there. It's a really good ecosystem, in my opinion, to grow as a professional angler. I I would agree. And I think it can grow like really good anglers in a variety of veins, right? Like you've got Brandon Cobb, who's like yeah, uh, Cobb, just an incredible shallow water angler, right? But then you also have a bunch of really, really good live scopers. You've got uh, like Thrift and Lefie, Emil Wagner. For sure, yeah. Who I mean, Denmark, you're kicking him out. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's there are a, a bunch of guys there who have really mastered a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you can you can have a strength in Carolina and then take it nationally, and it doesn't it's not just docs. A lot of times it's docs, but it's not just docs. All right, we're gonna have to we'll be here three and a half hours if we if we <laughs> Gotta start Look, hitting the, hitting I don't need to do stuff. anything until the Sam Rayburn weigh-in starts. So okay. I got all day. Uh, <laughs> all right, Cody Ross. Uh, he's a he's kind of a legendary uh, college angler, correct? Yeah, there, I will say I think that there's two really good Cody Rosses in college. Oh, okay. There was one who was prior to this Cody Ross. Okay. So it's a little bit confusing. Uh, but yeah, Cody Ross was very good in college. Um, he did really good in the Southwestern division last year, like was semi in the hunt to beat Todd for AOI. Um, and you know, he's taken it on. And pre-practiced. Oh, I left and I'm back. Yeah, you're back. I uh, I, I know he went and pre-practiced at West point. Like I think he's putting in the time. I think he could do really good. And he seems He's this like 23 plus group, right? Or really like, let's say 22 plus group. Like these are guys who in their teens, when they were loving bass fishing, they didn't have live scope, right? Like Drew Gill has fished maybe most of his. No, he's know, never fished without it. With scope, right? Yeah, he's never fished and, without it. Never. Yeah. 
And, and these guys grew, are, are straddling the line, which I think some I of think them is, at 23, like I would say 19 is the year that it became a staple. 19 is definitely the year because I was fishing the Toyotas that year. And I remember thinking, boy, there's a lot of guys that have that LVS 32 freaking scope on the front of their boat. And I thought I was early to the game. Yeah. So and, 19, and 2020 G3. is definitely the year. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. They're straddling that, that line. That, and so they're on that line. We're like, like you and I, we spent a lot of time like catching fish that we didn't know were there. Uh, and so I, I think that probably is a good thing. Or not catching maybe. fish that weren't there. <laughs> well, yeah. In I mean, my case, up not in place catching fish, fish that weren't there. Uh, I I grew up uh, next to Lake uh, Champlain. Yeah, Trust me, there were fish. <laughs> you're a little spoiled. Uh, is this any relation to Dave? Oh, left, left, not Lefebvre. There's no B in there. So this is yeah, Robbie it's, it's Lefebvre. Robbie Lefebvre. Uh, Robbie Lefebvre. He's from Michigan. Uh, no relation. Um, he has been fishing a bunch. He's had some real high spots and some real low spots. Uh, I love his attitude. Uh, he works really hard. His dad is usually there, like at all the tournaments to support him and like help him out. I, I really wanted to break for him cause I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, mm -hmm. but so far it hasn't always been breaking for him. Uh, uh, um, another 23 year old Chad Mrazic. Yeah. Chad won the Toyota Series Championship. That's why I've heard he I, I've heard of him. Also won the Southern Division Angler of the Year last year, I believe. Wow. Um, which, you know, he's from Texas and the Southern Division fishes Florida. Like it's not an obvious uh one to one thing. Chad's gonna be good. Like he he may not have strung a one hundred percent complete season together everywhere, but it's gonna happen. He's he's got it. Yeah, I mean, he's already got. Uh, he's got a ton of hundred. A lot of that's seventy-three. Yeah, forty-four vets to seventy-three thousand dollars in career earnings. Uh, there he is, twenty-three years old. Yeah, live, living the dream. Yeah, another. I mean, is he a potential VP tier in the next year or two? I think so. Uh, he's. So he's qualified for Redcrest. Obviously, he'll fish that this, uh, well, you know, in not very long. Mm -hmm. um, and then he, uh, I, I think he's a guy who makes it, and if not this year, like next year. It just seems like he's got what it takes, and it's a matter of, you know, probably avoiding a bomb somewhere because, yeah. boy, he's caught him really good a lot of places. And then is this our first West Coast, West Coast guy? roots that's super young that's coming out because it used to seem like all the young guys came from the west coast you know you had like we mentioned eric at Aaron and skeet and justin lucas yeah. and chris zaldane and all those guys but uh lane olson yeah i don't have uh loberg on the list and honestly i think loberg might be like 28 or older like he might be more uh upper end on this i think but... he's younger than we think Either way, uh, find if you if you can find out, I'd love to. Yeah, I'm looking up right now. I'm a big fan. Um, but yeah, Lane is our sort of first dude from the West on the list. He always does good when he fishes back home, um, and he's fished a lot now. I think he's fishing the NPFL too. He's been doing it like 
a couple of years now and the invitationals. Uh, I, I think he's got a shot to be good. It's a matter of stringing it all together. He's a really good scoper. He's a good smallmouth fisherman. Like he's one of those guys who's been putting a ton of time in. So I, I want to see it happen for him. I think it can. He's way older than we thought. He was born in 93, Loberg. Oh my God, that's ancient. That's like, what? He's 30 years old. 30? Yeah. Oh, I was giving him too much credit. I've been talking about him as like a a up and coming young angler. Dude, I I really think time is clearly passing by. Almost when I was. I didn't know. I didn't know he was 30. He needs to step it up. Here's a guy who's a scary, uh, who's scary how much how different your perception is um, while we're, while we're on this, right? Cause Loberg, you know, is, is awesome. Matt O'Connell, who just, he did really good in the all American last year. He just finished second in the, uh, in the Gunnersville Toyota series event. Mm-hmm. O'Connell is 35. If you look at a photo of him, I mean, gosh, like Mark thought he was like early twenties on stage. He, he has got the fountain of youth. Like he's dialed it in, Uh, but he's 35 and, you know, is super good at fishing, but also, you know, older than me. It's amazing. There's hope for me. All right. So this next guy, he's 24 years old. We'll get through the 24 year olds, take our second break and then wrap things up. But this is, this is basically one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this show because I've heard numerous guys mention Alec, Alec Morrison, I don't know anything about this guy. I hear guys rave about him. I know that he's had incredibly good results. And enlighten us on Alec Morrison and why so many other professional anglers have been and are impressed with this kid. First of all, we all love Alec because he is like just like one of the nicest, most genuine dudes around. He's fantastic. Uh, he's also 100%, 110% eaten up with bass fishing. It's nuts. Um, the most notable thing about him is last year in May, maybe, at Rayburn, he set the all-time Toyota Series winning margin, where he blasted them for three days, like fishing offshore, fishing brush, scoping, doing his thing. Drop and shot, right? That- yeah, and he uses active target, and now he's like got a combo of active target and scope. But like he's dialed on his electronics, and he was beating people on Champlain like in the two D days, dropping on them on boulders. The man can idle for hours without getting bored. It's incredible. Yeah, this is probably him as a co angler, maybe. Uh, back in the day, um, he is oh he is so good, and he puts in his time and. He caught a 13 in practice. Then he caught an 11, which I think is probably this fish in the tournament. Like, dude, Alec is good. Anyone in the Northern Division last year? He's he's got it all clicking. He's only got 28 events uh, now. Some of these guys who fish uh, who fish uh, co angler, you have to go back and make sure that they're not like Brian Newing, the co angler division, and then yeah. all their top tens are co anglers. But he's only got two co angler top tens, Jody. And that's the first thing I look for over on the uh, lovely updated BPT uh, <laughs> statistics. 
28 events, 14 top 10s. So basically 20 events and 12 top 10s, two wins for this kid. Yeah. And they both, both his wins were last year. He won a BFL on Champlain uh, and he beat LaBelle in it. Uh, and, you know, LaBelle's one of the best in the lake. And then he also, you know, won at Rayburn. Is he uh, a straight scoper? I mean, yes and no. Uh, you know, he's done really well in the St. Lawrence River. That's sort of a scope thing, sort of a current thing. Uh, Champlain, he's a pretty scope-heady guy. Um, I, I think that scope is his, like, strong suit, right? I got but you. He's, a, he's also, like, a killer idler. Like, you know how a lot of these yeah, uh, I can't guys in the I think you're either born year? an idler or you are not born an idler, and you can't turn was, a non-idler into an idler and vice versa. I was not born an idler, unfortunately. Um, no, neither was I. But – you know, like, you know how a lot of the guys who made the Elite Series last year on the Opens, they, like, they're idlers. And then they went and they fished all their stuff with Scope later. Alec is one of those guys. He is, like, he has basically, he's got every lake up north, like, mapped, basically. Wow. You know, his, I'm surprised his graphs turn on. He's got so many waypoints. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, he's really, he's really an impressive fisherman. And, you know, I fished with him a bunch. Like, we've... T- We've won a, at least one tournament together. We've also sucked in tournaments together. Uh, but yeah, Alex, the man. All right, take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with the uh, 24 to 28 year olds on the Invitationals with Jody White. I'm enjoying this. Hope everyone is enjoying this, learning about uh, a lot of anger. So like, no, I would seriously, this is a conversation that I would have with you off air, like not during a show, like, hey, who do I, who do I need to pay attention to? Who would be great guests on the show? Uh, so I just said, screw it. Let's just have it on here. I actually told you what the topic was during the show, didn't I? Two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, I better start researching. And luckily, uh, I, my job is to do the research, right? Yeah, well, that yeah, that's why you're that's why you make for a good guest. So it's, uh, it's yeah. BTL on a Wednesday with Jody White. Uh, we'll be back right after this. In 2023, we became a household name in the crappie fishing world thanks to Power Breaks the Game Changer. Hey, bass fishing world, buckle up because you're next. It's going to be fun. Welcome to the next evolution of our product line, Power Break Sidekick, designed to install right on your shallow water anchors. We are the first and only fishing brake company to offer a breakaway system. Just like with the Game Changer, the Power Break Sidekick has it as well. And it's not a matter of if you're going to need it, it's when. Power Breaks, the most durable fishing brakes available on the market today. Made right here in the USA with our rock-solid two-year warranty. Hey, not all fishing brakes are built equally, and you owe it to yourself to find out why ours are different. Power Brakes Sidekick. Order yours today at mypowerbrakes.com. You'll be glad you did. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me 
is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips. So if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing, from household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. All right, welcome back, BTL, on a Wednesday, talking with Jody White. And before we bring Jody back in, I do want to remind everybody that if you are in the Minnesota area this Saturday, 4 to 9 p.m., Giesenbroy, no, there's no R. Let me try that again. Giesenbroy Beer Company in New Prague, Minnesota. I believe I said that properly. I've been saying it improperly for two years. Uh, Giesenboy Beer Company, New Prague, Minnesota. We're kicking off our St. Jude fundraiser there with the Crappie Chronicles, all sorts of raffle items, uh, Denali rods, uh, AFCO apparel, uh, some of the new uh, braid from Sunline that I used uh, at Washita. Uh, you've got some metered stuff, some stuff that actually sing. It's it's cool stuff. So uh, roughly a four or $500 prize pack of that. Plus all the stuff from the Crappie Chronicles, first 50 through the door with a suggested $20 donation, get a one of a kind limited edition uh, Crappie Chronicles and St. Jude pint uh, that you can fill up with whatever you're choosing at Giesen Boy Beer Company. Uh, DM me at Matt Pangrek on Instagram or message me if you have more details or just show up there Saturday, 4 to 9 p.m. in New Prague, Minnesota. All right, let's bring Jody White back in and get back to our list. Uh, wrapping up the 24-year-olds, anything that sticks out to you? I got you, Jody. You there? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I dropped out for a little bit, but I think... No, I'm you're back. It. You're back. It's all good. So we've got, uh, we've got Cole Breeden... Joe Gaffman, Grafman, Grafman, <laughs> yep, Colby Miller, and everybody's favorite angler outside of Opens Pro Flash Butts, uh, <laughs> Jack Daniels Williams. There's actually no S on the Daniel. Jack, it's Jack just Daniel Jack Williams. Daniels. <laughs> um, I, I think that of this group, like, there's a bunch of people here that like, folks are kind of familiar with, right? Uh, Breeden has yep. done really well already. He's made some top tens. He won the college national championship on Grand a few years ago. Colby Miller did really good in the Toyota Series championship. Uh, Jack Daniel won a Toyota Series at Dale Hollow. Uh, you and he would probably get along. He's like a big crappie guy. Really? Uh, he like he fishes crappie tournaments. Like he Jack Daniel. Yeah, from what I understand, he is like winning quite a bit of money in crappy tournaments. Okay, well, uh, he needs to be a guest on BTL then. I know, right? This is your man. Uh, so yeah, he's he's a really good scoper. He's got the brakes on his boat, but they're not even the power pole kind. You know, they're like literally like on the transom with like the little you know kick up strap type deals. Yeah. Uh, so he's you know he's old school on that. Um, wow. So yeah, he's a. I think he's going to be good 
you know, going forward. Uh, he did all right at Rayburn, and he seems like he seems like when he gets in his wheelhouse, he can really hit it hard. Yeah, uh, I do know there is another old school guy in this group who's been fishing at the top level and competitively for a long time, and that's uh, Colby Miller. He's yeah. I, I didn't realize he was as young as he is. Uh, I know him a little bit, and he he's cut out of the same cloth as Cal Lane. Like he's not afraid to beat him up to get him in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's got that, uh, you know, he's got the pre-scope experience, right? Yeah. And he can catch him a lot of ways. Uh, I assume he's out on Rayburn right now, like probably flipping a bush cause the water's come up there a decent amount. Yeah. Uh, See, like so, here's yeah. a picture of him like casting with a bait caster, not looking at his graph, which is hard to find in a lot of the under 25 year old pictures. Yeah. T- to be fair, he's just kind of looking up and that was, you know, that, was at table rock where he was scoping with an umbrella rig i think um it is what it is but yeah it can it can be found when i did a practice gallery with him literally his first tournament uh on i guess it would have been on the pro circuit back in the day and it was on rayburn so it's his home lake he's a rookie and we roll out and literally half the day flipping bushes I was like, wow, this is amazing. Nice. And so he's learned other things, but it was, it's, uh, it's cool. Like he's one of those guys who's got it all to a degree. Uh, um, a lot of guys know about Christian Greco 25. We hit the 25 year olds. I mean, multiple winner. Like he, to me is an established tour veteran, even though he's only 25 years old. Yeah. Oh, you have uh, best oh. flipper this side of Tharp under the notes for Christian it's a really take. Really? But if you look at his wins, man. Best so, flipper this side of Tharp. He won on the Harris chain. Flipping. He won on the Potomac last fall. Flipping. He is going to find like a flipping and punching bite. And he might do really, really good in it. Uh, I, I think that, you know, he's he's old, right? Uh, compared to our 19 and 25. 20 year olds that yeah. we're just lousy with. But he is, uh, man, it's his thing. Like, of the kids, he is really good at it. And, he, Super and he's won, in it too. won a lot, too. I've had him on the show. Uh, he was a very good interview. Really enjoyed my yep. interview uh, with Christian. So, And he's got the YouTube thing rolling. Like, he's he's got it set to where he can do this for a while. And I think that it's a matter of time before he makes the Bass Pro Tour and, like, rolls. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This I don't was, know. That, Bobby, Bobby might have something to say about that. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm open to Andy Morgan I'm open to being wrong. Uh, but, um, yeah, he's, he loves the big stick, which is awesome. Interesting. Oh, Mike is on here. He says he fishes with Bobby Lane a lot. They do. Oh, that's scary. Let's just teach a young kid. Yeah. Why the old tricks and have the new <laughs> tricks in his back pocket. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's tough. What do you say for these the last ages here? We just like kind of hit like a couple of the guys who are like twenties or whatever, and like maybe aren't as well. And then I have that other list that I sent you, which has some more like super young guys who are just kind of dabbling in and out of stuff. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that works for me. So out of the lesson, we'll just name them here, and then you can pick the 26s. We've got uh, 
Kenny Steverson, Jacob Walker, Kyle Hall, Brody Campbell, uh, Dylan Harrell, uh, Taylor Parker, and Christian Rich. And they're all 26 and 27 years old. Yeah, so of that group, I think one on the invitationals this year, Jacob Walker has a chance to do really good. He's like very well-rounded. I had him on the podcast a little while ago. He's he, he's sort of got the whole package, um, and he finished 25th at Rayburn. Uh, he's also been pretty close to making the Elite Series before. I think back when the Opens were like doing the three or four, di- four in a division type thing, mm-hmm. uh, I might not be remembering that right, though. Uh, Kyle Hall, we all know by now, I think. Yeah, um, he's a stud. Brody Campbell is the other guy who people might not know. Campbell is, I mean, he might be a superstar in the making. He is very confident. He's extremely, extremely good with live scope. And he had the second most top tens of anyone in MLF last year. Emil Walker had the most top ten, or Emil Wagner had the most top tens. Uh, And um, if Brody hadn't tied for 10th and lost the tiebreaker in a BFL, they would have been tied for the most top tens. He like crushed it last year, won a Toyota on Chickamauga. He's already done really good a couple of times this year. He's one to watch. Uh, And then we just got to throw Taylor Parker in there strictly uh, on the facial hair. I don't know anything about him, but I mean, if that doesn't, if that doesn't scream success, I don't know what does. Look, I think the, you know, honestly, I'm not saying Shaw should take tips from anyone on mustaches, but this could be the next guy. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> All right, I got to log into my email to get this next list because I didn't get the next list. Uh, All right, so my next one is kind of, it, it's got basically a bunch of young guys. Um, okay, yeah, I got it. And Dalton Head is one guy I He's definitely early 20s. He's been crushing them in college. Uh, he and Peyton Harris, uh, like, they've been catching them in Bassmaster. They've been catching them in our stuff. Uh, they won the national championship last year. Um, and then Dalton is qualified for Redcrest at Lay, which happens to be his home lake. Um, I'm not saying he's the next Jordan Lee. That's saying a lot. But I think he could be really good. It seems like he catches them all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets to fish at home on a really big stage. So, one to watch. Uh, Emil. Emil Wagner. We had, yeah, yeah, we had him on BTL. He's, it didn't take me long to realize he's rooming with yeah. Loberg, and they're going to be an issue he's <laughs> on the deal. open EQs this year. <laughs> yep. Uh, Paul Marks is going to be an issue. He's, Probably mostly graduated. Yeah, I don't know anything BFL. about him. He's leading the leading the opens points. Yeah, dude, look at his BFL stats. They're really good. Yeah. So um, I just assumed hearing this name that he was like a fifty to sixty year old dude who liked to Carolina rig, and then I realized, oh no, he's like a elite live scoper out of Texas who's been taking everybody's money the past couple of years. And that is Tater Reynolds, a top five name in bass fishing, right? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, Tater yeah. Reynolds has to go up there with Jack Daniel and Flash Butts. It's, yeah, Tater is awesome. He's got this like lime green and gray camus, which 
doesn't at all fit somebody who like I think of is named Tater. Uh, but yeah, Tater is really good. Um, and you're gonna like, I'm sure he's going to catch him in this Toyota. And if he ever decides to take it national, which he might not, cause you can make a lot of money in Texas, right? Like just bouncing around between Rayburn and Toledo bend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Right. There he is. But if he decides to take it national, I think he could be really good. He's definitely like crushing it in Texas. Um, Otherwise, you know, we talked about uh, Marshall already. Um, I think that uh, one guy we should probably mention is uh, Hayden Marbot. Marbot. Yeah. Anyway, Hayden. I've heard his name a bunch. Yeah. So he just won the Toyota on Gunnersville, straight ahead scoper. Uh, but really, really, really good. Um, he's the 27th youngest Toyota series winner we've ever had, which is 27th youngest. Now now you're really getting in there. Yeah. Like I don't even know how to shake that all out. Yeah. But, um, Uh, he's probably really good. Listen, I don't want to upset anybody. He said, so if you don't fish forward facing soda, you're some old guy that throws a C rig. No, it's, it's the combination of the location with the name. Like it just sounds like an East Texas guy that comes in with 17 to 21 pounds, regardless of the conditions on Rayburn or Toledo bed. Does it not? I a hundred percent agree. Like he looks like the guy like that name is just a name that wins seven club tournaments in a row on a mag lizard. Tater should not be a new school guy. And he, and he's a hundred. I'm loving it. I got nothing to guess that I am all about. Uh, it meant no disrespect, the hook who said that, but no disrespect by that comment. So, okay, so here's the guy that is the guys up north in Minnesota. I've heard ad nauseum, this guy's going to kick your butt. This guy's going to kick everyone's butt. Wait till this guy kicks it. everyone's butt. Blah, blah, blah. And that's Easton Fothergill. Yeah. Uh, he's He's not long for the triple a level i think he's also in the classic isn't he yeah i so i put him on the list just because he could accomplish a very weird thing this year so he's qualified for the classic right he's also qualified for the toyota series championship as a co-angler so i think it it may be the first time that somebody fishes the classic and the toyota series championship as a co-angler in the same year it's incredible. That's got to be the absolute first time. And so he could fish that, that, and make the Elite Series all in the same year. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and and here's the deal. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would bet the farm on him at Leech Lake in the Open uh, this summer. It seems like so up his alley. Like I, I've never heard a group of guys talk about a guy like, there's zero doubt in like these guys' minds from up north that he's going to win that by a lot. Like they're like, oh yeah, well he, you know, we're all fishing for second there because of Father Gill. And I'm like, well, you never know. Like the boat, no, no, he is going to win. <laughs> so what I mean, the, isn't there a a Schultz guy who crushes up there? Noah Schultz. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's what what he's fishing this year. He's won like seven or eight boats in a bunch of different formats up there. He like comes to play. I've had him on the show before. He's very understated. He's like, I I just go out and like chuck a jig at him and they bite. 
It's like really. I, that's that Leech Lake tournament is like one of the tournaments I'm most excited for, like literally of anything on the season. I can't wait. Um. By the way, Clay, you can throw a Carolina rig with live scope. I've done it on Oneida. You you see them, you chunk it, the rig at them, they run right over to it and they bite. It's great. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyone else on here? I mean, we're getting we're getting pretty old here. We're not even yeah, going to mention anybody into the 30s. I see a couple 30s down there. Any anyone else that we feel like? Uh... I'll do. And like one. I said, we. We dabbled in this. There's a ton over on Bass. There's a ton on the MPFL. Yeah. I know there's some kids on the MPFL that are in their 20s. Like, uh, I've just figured we'd stick with the material that our guest is an expert with today, and that's primarily. I mean, you know everything, but we're sticking kind of with the uh, MLF side. Yeah, you can't. You can't do it all because, as we have talked about, like, you a guy can pop with very little history, right? Yep. Because if they're good at if if they're a good fisherman, the opportunity is there. Like you can go from zero to sixty really fast. Um, one the the last guy I would mention is uh, Gerald Brumbaugh Jr. Uh, or Jerry. He won the high school national championship. He then I think did pretty good in the Toyota Series championship as a co angler. I know I watched him catch a big one behind Todd. Uh, on Pickwick, which I was like, oh, cool. Caught one behind Todd. Go get him. <laughs> uh, and uh, then he just made the top 10 in the college fishing natty this year. So I think that he could be really good. And granted, he doesn't really hardly have any boater stats or anything else. But like if we're looking for one of our next, you know, college to, you know, the stratosphere guys, mm -hmm. he might be in there. And the problem is there's probably two dozen of them in college right now and probably drew gill knows all of them uh and i am gonna learn more about them as the years go on so have you noticed this too this is a scary thing as a guy in my 30s trying to keep pace and i feel like i've got every like, like talking as an angler i feel like i have everything at my disposal to keep pace so it's frustrating when you're like oh my god like i'm behind i shouldn't be behind but have you also found what's also very interesting and slightly terrifying is these younger guys like share information work together get in the boat with each other like i remember talking to you know the denny browers and tommy biffles at like there there was no helping each other there was no hey here's the cricket that i'm flipping in the bush and like if you add this rattle to it you get like it was closely guarded secret you don't want to share anything with your competition that might beat you and now you're getting young anglers that are sharing so much information with each other and then they all get good at what each of their strengths are which makes them three times as deadly yeah, I kind of think it's a bit of a product of college fishing where like you see these you see these guys who are the same age as you. You see them a lot of tournaments, a lot of places. And then there's sometimes where you're actually on a team with these guys. Right. And some of the and so you've got bonds there. You've also just got bonds like, you know, you and this other three guys from college are striking out now. Like, I, I think that it seems like the kids are way more willing to like be open about stuff. And I, I say that be open about stuff to each other. 
you know, I know that there are still some guys who are good at keeping secrets about fishing, but they have, there are small groups that are picking up certain things and able to like translate it really well and learn really well. Like it's, it's, it's really impressive. I don't think you even saw that in the like skeet Kevin Ike Edwin era. Like those guys all respected each other, but there was a heavy level of competition and secrecy amongst them. It's yeah, a new generation. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's cool. I mean, it's probably for the better. You know, we're gonna see mm-hmm. we're gonna see more new things. And like that's one of the things that's so it's so much fun about my job. And it's just so much fun about following fishing is there's like every year, every, you know, every year, every month, there's something new that you're like, wow, I did not expect that. Uh, so I, I think it's really cool. All right. What do we got going on over at uh, MLF live coverage of the second BPT stop of the year on Santee Cooper picks up in two days? Uh, no, it starts tomorrow. Starts uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So it starts tomorrow. Uh, MLF now you can watch all that. Uh, the Toyota series stuff is going to be going on. Obviously. Um, I know that, you know, I'm really interested to watch Santee. I love watching that Lake. It also is a, probably a little bit slower pace than, uh, Toledo was, which, you know, for folks that like that, uh, that can be nice. Um, I'm sure that you will be very interested in that coverage. (laughs) Um, as, as will 230 other anglers. Yeah. So hopefully we'll do good numbers. Um, and then, uh, you know, Rayburn should be cool too. Um, Rob is out there taking photos. Uh, and then next week, gosh, I hope it's next week and I'm not saying it wrong, but we go to West point really soon. And, uh, that's going to be, I think a lot of fun just cause we've never gone there really. Mm-hmm. Clark's Hill last year, we hadn't been there in forever. Um, and the invitation was event was one of the best of the year. I don't think that the West point event is going to be like on that level as far as fish catching uh, and quality of fish, but I love going new places um, and it should be really fun. Uh, Josh Weaver has told me like it could be a cranking tournament. He says that it is like basically the best time to fish it. So, I've got my fingers crossed for that one. Man, you really did your homework on this. I greatly appreciate it. Added incredibly to the show uh, with this list, with these young guys. Hey, if we miss someone, if there's someone that we didn't talk about that you think needs to be on the radar, feel free to to either comment below, slide into the DMs, message me, Matt, at basszone.com. I love talking with the uh, with the younger guys in the sport and getting their take on it, but uh, highly doubtful uh, with Jody White doing the research and his crack team of researchers behind him that you you probably didn't miss many guys at all. I mean, I'm sure we missed somebody. Or the thing is that there's someone who you know has fished three high school tournaments and one college tournament, and then next year they're gonna top ten six Toyota series or something like that. So it's uh it, it's fun. It's still safe to say it will never, uh, never ever in the history of fishing will anyone do what Ray Hanselman did. No, that was one of the greatest years of all time. It was like, it was amazing. The fact that he then won at the championship, like winning three in a row, you're just never going to do anyway. Nope. Winning three in a row and the championship, it's never going to be topped. Uh, 
if someone does, I almost wouldn't want it to happen because I love having this Hanselmania just set apart. Uh, but gosh, it was incredible. Yeah, that's got to rank. I mean, would you rank that? Where would you rank that in relation to like back-to-back classics? Because we've seen Hank do it. We've seen Kevin do it. Uh, we've seen Jordan Lee do it. Like that's a 52 boat tournament that you're qualified for as soon as you make it the year before. Like, I, I mean, it's back to back classics, but I think this is more impressive. Like, I think the fact that it's only been done once is just proof of how ridiculous it is, how hard it is. Like, I don't really, I, I think it's, one of the most unlikely things ever, right? Like it definitely took some random luck. It's also probably like the most impressive tournament accomplishment, you know, maybe the most impressive I've seen in my lifetime, maybe ever. Uh, Sometimes some like full seasons that guys have had where, you know, they like, uh, top 10, like seven in a row with two. Danny Brower had a really, really amazing run too. Three and he in was a like row, fishing the FLW tour and Bassmaster stuff. And like he had just a nuts year. Um, so like maybe some of the full season stuff where sure you didn't get wins, but you dominated other stuff. I, I could see like if you wanted to kind of build that, I could see that. But as far as just wins, I mean, gosh, I don't think you're gonna beat it. I agree. Anything else? No, nah, man, I'm I'm good. Dude, that was awesome. I enjoyed that. That was a quick hour and a half, Jody. I I had a blast talking fishing as always, man. I love the show. I think you're doing a great job with it and uh, wish you the best of luck this uh, rest of the season. Thank you. I appreciate it. Jody White, follow him over at uh, MLF. What are your uh, personal handles on the social medias if people want to follow you for major tournament wins, ABA domination, (laughs) things like that? Uh, It's uh, Jody Blanco, J-O-D-Y-B-L-A-N-C-O, pretty much uh, wherever. And if there's open water on Champlain, he will be on it. Well, there is and uh, could be soon. <laughs> All right. <Trust> me. <laughs> Thanks, Jody. All right. See you, man. See you. All right. That is Jody White from MLF. A lot of information there. A lot of names there. Uh, I would love to go back five years from now, look at this show, and see who is not even on the radar, who is a household name in five years, and uh, who we mentioned that I'm sure uh, – Jody White nailed right on the head when it came to uh, the potential for the anglers. But I mean, dude, out of that group, there's a lot of fishing for the next 50 years. And if you listen to what Drew Gill said, man, they're just going to keep coming out of the college ranks. More and more talented anglers, younger and younger, more adept with uh, an incredible skill set. And I think a lot of this also has to do with what happens with the organizations um as far as rules limitations no limitations no rules like the future and the names of this sport are intricately linked to what both mlf and bass and i'll even throw the mpfl in there do or don't do in relation to uh limiting or not limiting forward facing sonar it it you cannot deny the fact that uh, while we've seen kevin jump on the scene and 
Jordan Lee and these younger guys. Gary Klein was one of the first 18 year olds out of California way back in the day to come and have success on the tour. This is a massive influx, the likes of which we have never seen. It wasn't that long ago uh, that Ken Duke liked to come on and point out that the average age of an elite series pro, the pinnacle of the career was in the mid forties. And he talked about experience becoming established, making the elite series and having success at that. And over the last three years, it's just been hard to wrap your head around how many of these young guys have come on uh, and are, are not only surviving, but thriving. So I actually love to see it. I love getting to meet the new guys in the sport uh, to talk into them, to get them to know, get to know them on BTL. So, all right, that's all we got for today. Someone who has been around for a long time, is Frank Scalish, and he is on the show tomorrow. Day four with Frank Scalish, and then I'm headed to Minnesota. Monday show live from Omnia Fishing Headquarters in Minnesota. I don't know if Polish Pete will be on there. I know Trevor Lowe will. Uh, we've been talking back and forth. We're going to break down uh, some of the hottest lures this year, some of the trends, what's going forward in 2024 is what they're seeing uh, as far as lure sales and trends. And then we will also uh, dive into the Omnia uh, Premium Pro app, some really cool features there uh, to help you catch more fish. So I'll be live Monday from the Omnia headquarters. But as far as today, that's all we got. Big shout out to Jody White. Follow all the coverage of what's going on for the Elite Series this week over on Bassmaster.com. Live starts tomorrow. You can also, if you want to get some last-minute fantasy fishing picks in, go to Andrew Upshaw's YouTube channel, the Open Pros Pick'em Show, out with an unusually uh, calm Todd and an unusually complimentary-ish. Uh, we kind of kicked that season off, and then uh, a Toyota Series weigh-in the next three days over on the MLF website and the BPT on Santee Cooper. That's all we got for today. Tomorrow, day four. We'll see everybody then. Later.